With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Hello, welcome to another episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is a Swansea City podcast for us here at Wales Online. Uh, my name is Matt Davis. Uh, Ian Mitchell Moore with me as ever. Um, back after a week's break. I was off the week before. You were off last week, so apologies for that. Uh, normal services now being resumed. Um, and we start a chart on Mitch. Uh, another win on the roads. Uh, and they do it the hard way, don't they? They did, yeah. I mean, <laughs> going behind so early. Uh, it was a bit of a concern because obviously the, the goal was a bit of a mess. I mean, it, Joe Rowan didn't cover himself in glory, did he? But it took a bit of a deflection as well. Um, and with their home record, I think before the game they'd won, uh, was sorry, lost just one in 22 league games at the Valley. So they'd only lost once there in 2019. So it was looking a bit daunting. So it puts the result into perspective. And I know they're a promoted team, but they've had a great start to the season with, um, with the Lee Bowie there. So... They deserve a lot of credit, but Swansea, I thought, were, were excellent. The response was very good, and the heads didn't drop, uh, even after conceding such an early goal. Yeah, I mean, points to the resilience. I think we can you can look at it both ways, can't you? You can see that it's good that they, they come back into games, because this isn't the first time they've gone behind uh, this season. They went behind at... I think it's um, the fourth time in all comps yeah. already, with, you know, which is encouraging. I think I, I'm more in the camp that it's good to see them fight back from a from a poor start but there obviously are concerns yeah. that they are going behind in games well, I've said for the fourth time this season yeah I mean the balance is if if you're doing it in your other games and not coming from behind um, then it's a concern but obviously in the other games that you know they've only gone behind once and, and, and got beat this season and that was against Nottingham Forest so at the moment you have to say it's a massive plus it's you know it shows serious resilience because there were times last season where they went behind and you thought they'd get back into it, but there were also times where you didn't think, you know, it was going to be happening. So, um, it, at the, at the moment, it is a good thing to see because, like I say, in the games that they're going ahead, they are tending to hold yeah. leads. You know, obviously Reading being a, an example where they didn't do that, but um, yeah, you'd rather they didn't. Obviously, you'd <laughs> want to do it the easy way, but no, I thought that they showed phenomenal character, and that sounds like quite a cliche, but to go to a, a tough place like that. Their fans were very good as well, um, so yeah, it was it was a, a fantastic night for the was it one thousand two hundred or so Swansea fans who made the long trip down there. And it's another win on the road. I mean, last season under Potter they did struggle away from the Liberty. Um, what do you put their sort of improved records away from the Liberty down to? It's tough to put your finger on one particular thing, but I think it's a collective. You know, it, there's just a lot more now in that squad. Mike van der Horn spoke after the Charlton game that you know there's a lot more maturity in the team. We've mentioned it a few times, the likes of Roden, Byers, Grimes, they've all got a season in the championship under their belts now with, you know, prior to last year, not all of them had that. So um 
they knew what to expect going to places like this now. It was the same at Ellen Road, it was the same at QPR. Um, and even in the draws away to Derby and um, Bristol City, it was, you know, they, they were kept clean sheets in those yeah. games. So I think it's just that little bit more now, some of that experience is it's sort of starting to show through a little bit more now, isn't it? I suppose it's a bit cliche, but there, there are no easy games in the in the championship. Um, 10 games gone now, top of the league. I say I've written down here, it's time to take Swansea seriously, question mark. Has to be though. I think you can take away that question mark. I mean, ten games in, that's the sort of figure where you often say it takes shape and you start to judge. I mean, it would take a massive collapse for Swansea to have a poor season now, but um, you'd like to think obviously that won't happen. But with the form they've shown, they've shown that they can grind out results. They've also shown they can dominate teams like they did against Birmingham. Um, so I think you really do have to take them seriously. I mean, people are always talking about Leeds. Fulham, West Brom, them type of teams, but you know, Swansea are top of the table at present, so you can't ignore them, can you? It's incredibly congested, isn't it? The top half is separated by, he says. Yeah, I think before the game it was what, five points separated from first to thirteenth. It was it was phenomenal. So, well, that might be the weekend before, but it's it just shows you how brutal this league is. I mean, you know, top to the, the bottom, there's a bit of a gap down there now, but. There's, there's a lot of teams who think if they yeah. can have a, a good little patch um, and just sort of keep on grinding out draws here and there when they're not playing well and, and obviously get wins when they are playing well, anyone's going to have a chance. So it's certainly um, it's going to make an interesting season, isn't it? Well, Swansea, as I said, just looking at the table here now, Swansea are top with 21 points and you go all the way down to Luton in 17 through on 11. You know, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly tight. Um, and you think in a, in a three game week, that's nine points. Exactly. You know, that yeah. can really shorten in the space of a week. It's uh, there's still a lot of football, a lot of football to be played, but it's it really encouraging signs to start off with under Cooper, isn't it? Yeah, and that's where you look. This little, I wouldn't even call it a blip, but two draws and a defeat. You know, two points from nine. Swansea did drop a little bit, even with one win, they gone straight back to the top of the table. Such was their good start. So it shows that if you can grind out these results here and there, it'll keep you in the mix and. And that's it. If you can hit top form all of a sudden, like Swansea did, particularly yeah. at home last season, they've got a great chance. So it's just about just hanging on in there until sort of February, March, and then you know if you've got a purple patch, then you, you're absolutely laughing, aren't you? Okay, let's move on to the um, uh, left back debate. Um, Carl Norton started at right back against. Charlton, is that right? Uh, left back. Left back, yeah. and Connor Roberts uh, at right back. Yeah. Jake Bidwell now will be back from his suspension that he uh, was handed after the uh, the Bristol City game. Um, where, where do you where do you where do you sit in this debate? Does does Bidwell come straight back in for you? Uh, I think he will, uh, and I can understand why. I mean, he started every game before his suspension in the league, and I don't think he put a foot wrong. He was very solid and consistent. So. Um, think yeah I think you have to really I mean Carl Norton hasn't done anything wrong he, he, he's done admirably it's not his natural role but he's done it there last season as well Declan John against Watford as well and I mean Steve Cooper spoke about both of those two performing well in the absence of Bidwell so it's not a bad problem to have but you know Connor Roberts is, is nailed down at the, the right back berth and it's a three-way shootout for that left-sided one now so um, but for me yeah I think I think you do have to just go straight back with Bidwell because it was a really settled back four with Woodman behind them um, in that first month and obviously they had a, a great August didn't they so 
Well, we were talking earlier that the um, the back five almost sort of picks itself now, doesn't it? In fact, a lot of the team seems to to pick itself. They seem to be quite well oiled. This machine mm. that Cooper's got running. Yeah, there's not too many where you think there's a battle on. You know, I mean. You, the number 10 role obviously if Salinas shifted out wide then it's a case of is it George Byers is it Jan Dande obviously Dande played the other night against Charlton and, and got his remarkably it was only his second goal for Swansea such as the limited game time he's had um, we've just spoken about the left back role but other than that is there much else to debate really obviously if Salina is in the 10 role then you can say okay who plays on the left is it you know maybe Wayne Routledge or Christopher Peterson obviously we've not seen much of him so but yeah there's there's, there's probably about eight maybe even nine nailed ons at the mm. moment isn't there which is I think that's probably an encouraging thing I suppose isn't it? especially when they're playing well yeah I think so um, we touched on it there um, what is the best position for, for Selena who was seemed to be operating on the left hand flank of the valley yeah so Dan that was in the middle this time um, credit to Selena I probably thought that was his best all around performance of the season so far every time he collected the ball he could stand on it and he was beating defenders for fun. His burst of pace and his turning is—it's it's a joy to watch. It gets fans off the seats, and he caused them plenty of havoc. And you know, he was unlucky not to sort of have a bit more impact in the final third. But I thought he had a really good game. Um, but that was again, as we said, it was coming off the left. You know, he played on the left at QPR, and he got his—you know—took his goal well there. Um, I think did he play on the left against Birmingham as well? I can't quite remember where he was there, but. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting debate because I think it's been widely regarded that he's best on the in a central role, which I understand because he's the you know he's a creative player, so you don't want to really essentially stick him out on the wing. You'd rather your pacey players that can swing in crosses, play and cut inside from there. But he's um he's very effective on the left as well, so I don't think people should just rule out that because he's you know if if you've got somebody playing well, i.e. Byers or Dander in the middle, then it's not a problem for me playing him out on the left. It was good to see. Um... Um, him putting a, a positive um, uh, performance in, he was slightly frustrated, was he? Wasn't he when he was taken off against? Um, it was at Notts- Nottingham. Yeah, Forest. it was. Um, it was that poor back pass, wasn't it? Yeah. They nearly, they nearly conceded, and Steve Cooper instantly turned to the bench and said, "I think it was George Byers who came on for him," and he was, he was livid coming off, and you know, it was just after the international break as well. He played for for Kosovo twice. So I can kind of understand they weren't fully sure whether he'd play the full ninety. So yeah, but it's it's good to see because he's a quality player. He's only just turned twenty three as well. Was it last month or you know, a few weeks ago? So um, he's so exciting to watch. And I thought I thought it was his best game of the season. I must admit. It's almost like you need two of him. You know, one out, one out on the left and one one quite central. Um, another player who's kind of in that bracket is Andre Au, um, who again putting another another good shift. Um, where's his best position? Yeah, million dollar question. I don't think anybody knows that. I mean, um, I'd like to ask him that as well. It'd, it'd be interesting to see where he'd prefer to play. But um, we've only seen him on the right side of that three behind Borca so far, um, and obviously behind Sam Surridge in the cup as well when he came on opposite Northampton. Um, but you look at that Charlton game, and the word Nouse springs to mind. He's just so intelligent in this division. You can see he's a cut above, you know. I mean, to have someone like him in your team this season is going to be absolutely huge. And you know, looking at January, we spoke about the um, the American owners were were there at the Valley the other night, and you know, a lot of fans instantly sort of their hearts sunk, thinking what's going to happen in January as a result. And I understand that, but 
um, coming back to, to his best position, I mean, that's where he plays. Is he an out-and-out number nine? I don't think so. And you probably wouldn't have him in a 10 either. So I think that is the best position for him, unless you played a 4-3-3 where he played on the right. But Swansea don't do that. So at the moment, I think he is in the best position he can be. Yeah, and also I think you know Borker's done done well in the number nine position as well. They've got options at ten. I think this is probably the best place to play him. Is is his current his current position um, in this system? I'd yeah, say so. yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say so. He's um, but he's 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 done really well since he's been reintegrated into the fold, though. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Steve Cooper had nothing but praise for him in the summer. You know, he conducted himself well, professional. Worked incredibly hard, and obviously then they, they put the statement out before the the second window, the European window closed, saying that he was committing his future to the club. They were keeping him on. Um, and, and like I say, the goals haven't been coming. You know, he scored two in the in the cup, but remarkably, this was his first league goal in over three years for Swansea. But you know, I think there's every chance that he could go on a, a bit of a run. Now, mm-hmm. You know, if he keeps on playing the way he has done, because he's had chances in a few games and not been able to take them for one reason or another. So great moment for him and um, I think the fans enjoyed it as well we'll quickly touch on the Reading game because we didn't get a chance to, to, to speak about that last week um, playing Stoke this week this weekend um, but let's let's just focus on the rules for a minute Swansea ahead uh, went ahead in that game but they didn't they didn't kill it off and that is that is the danger that's the one thing I think that fans are still sort of a bit concerned about with this side is creating chances and when they do create the chances is taking them and they certainly didn't against um, against Reading yeah I mean that's a bit of a shame because you look at the early parts of the season they weren't creating chances and the rare occasions they did they were taking them and that's how they were in the game so um, to do that especially having gone ahead after was it like three minutes it was yeah. really early um, it's so frustrating and then not only to concede but do so in, in 90th minute it's just it's a hammer blow because you know that's an extra two points gone there. Um, was it a fair result? Swansea could have easily, they could have won that game. Reading will probably feel they deserved the point, but yeah, it's just frustrating more than anything because you know they, they could have could have wrapped that that game up. But you know, it's like I say, it's it's, it's not the end of the world. It was a, a solid enough performance. Like the player who scored was obviously a player they 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 chased for such a long time. Which makes it doubly. I was waiting for you to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Doubly frustrating because I think on on the second half showing Reading certainly deserved uh, a share of the spoils. Um, but we move on. Um, Stoke this weekend, um, bottom of the table. So as we were discussing before, it's yeah. it's nailed on for a Stoke win. Ipswich all over again last year. Oh, um, I've got it written down here. Is it a help or a hindrance that they are struggling? Um, it, it'll make absolutely no difference whatsoever to Swansea's preparation. That's all we know for a fact. I mean, yeah. is it going to make a difference? You'd rather they were playing poorly than brimming with confidence coming here in the position that Swansea are. You know, I think that's a fact, isn't it? So, um, But the, the, the bottom line is, especially when you look at their squad, they are capable. They, if, if they get it right on the day, they could come to the Liberty and, and win. You know, let's make no mistake about that. But... I just think the way Swansea are at the moment and especially the way Stoke are, they just look bereft of confidence. Nathan Jones, I mean, he seems to have lost the faith of definitely the fans, maybe the players as well. I mean, I know that the owners have given him a vote of confidence, but I don't really think that means too much at no. the moment. So I, I, it's, it's probably definitely more of a, a help than a hindrance, isn't it? You get the impression that Stoke will probably um, 
take the international break to probably take the decision to bring in a successor for, for Jones. I yeah. can't see him, even if they were to pull off a result this weekend, whether Jones would still keep his job. No, I think we were looking earlier, weren't we? Was it three wins in 30 since he took over? I mean, that's 10%. That's appalling. You know, Bob Bradley had better than that at Swansea. I mean, it was about 18%, I think, nearly double that. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, it's an awful run. And I, I, In some ways, I admire them for trying to stick with him and giving him time to implement his style. He's had a transfer window as well, but it just gets to a point where, you know, they're rock bottom and a team like Stoke, they've been in the Premier League for years, you know, as, as with Swansea, had they gone down again, they could have been in, in, in deep trouble. So, it, it is looking like they are going to have to make a decision sooner rather than later um, obviously we'll be coming up against um, some players with Swansea City links uh, Joe um, Cameron Carter Vickers Sam Klukas. Um you spoke to uh, one of our colleagues at Stoke on Trent Live about those three can you just tell us a bit more about how they've been getting on this season I did yeah um, Martin Spinks up at Stoke um, you covered them for a long time obviously knows the ins and outs at that club and you know things have turned for Joe Allen which is a real shame obviously as, as Wales fans um, generally adore him in this country Swansea fans obviously I like to think that they still have a great um, affection towards him which you know, as we've seen when he has come back to the Liberty and, and you know when teams have gone up there uh, when Swansea have gone up there rather um, but it's just not working out for him and fans have slightly turned on him which is a bit of a concern uh, for him personally because obviously you know we all know down here what a great player he is and especially for Wales obviously he's going to come into the international break and have a massive impact in, in the two qualifiers against uh, Slovakia and Croatia so um, yeah it's not looking too good for him obviously he had a, a red card uh, he missed a great chance I can't remember who it was against now so things just haven't seemed to have gone his way um, and you look at him he's a key player in that team or at least should be so that's why it's probably more of a concern regarding him specifically it might be a bit like a, a bail situation with him at Real Madrid where I don't know if I'm comparing Stoke and Real Madrid here but Alan going away with Wales a bit of solace away from his club um, problems in the same way that Bale seems to enjoy joining up with the national team set up mm-hmm. away from the, the the circus at the Bernabeu yeah I, I see I understand the comparison um, I think that'll probably be better for Joe Alan on a personal level is it going to help Stoke I don't really don't, think, don't so. think so. Though. Um, is it going to help him as well? You know, maybe mentally and everything. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's not in a good place at the moment, but yeah, obviously we know how much they love coming back to the Wales camp at present. So yeah, it's a, it's just so sad to see because you know everybody knows down here what a great player he is, and he's just not a player that should be rock bottom of the championship, is he? Absolutely, come back, Joe. Um, touch with Sam Lucas. Yeah, that's another interesting one because obviously he didn't have a, a great time down here. But I think at Stoke they, they can certainly appreciate his talents, but he's just not shown them often enough. And there were signs of frustration up there as well. I think when I come was it back in the last season he scored a goal and he sort of cupped his ears to the to the fans and it was just you think it's just not a very clever thing to do. But I think they can appreciate that there is a talent there, yeah. but they just need to see more of it. And when you know, obviously when you're losing games. People aren't going to appreciate it as much, you know, even if he is showing it. So I think Swansea fans can understand that because he's exactly like that. He, 100%. Was he, he yeah. showed, he showed he did have 
raw materials to be uh, a good a good Premier League player, but uh, never never showed it on a consistent basis. No, exactly, and even on the other occasion where there was signs, you know, it was it was quite often in games where Swansea weren't playing the football that we're used to now and the, the style we used to before that. So um, it does go a lot more unnoticed in in that sort of um, uh, atmosphere, and yeah. those surroundings, so to speak. Uh, and Cameron Carter Vickers, you know, he was a he did he did okay when he was here last season. Play you know filled in for 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 Roden when he was out with that foot injury. Yeah, he was solid here. I always thought. I think a few fans sort of weren't fully keen on him, which you know is, is their opinions. I personally thought he did okay, not phenomenal, but not poor either. So um, he had to be patient for for game time. He obviously it wasn't until the Sheffield United game where Joe Roden got that injury, but I thought he came in and did a, a decent enough job. Um, but at Stoke, he's been moved about a bit, and he's playing in a, a poor defensive, a poor defensive team rather, mm. not just a, a poor back four or back five. And he's also played at right back as well, which you know, obviously here he was he was a mainly a central defender. Um, aside from that rare occasion, he played at left back against Man City when Grimes slotted in. So um, it's been tricky for him. He's still a young lad as well. He's only twenty one years of age, so he's got a lot of time on his hands to to prove his yeah. worth and this sort of experiences. It should only build him into a stronger player. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on beyond Stoke. I think. Yeah. Um, we'll finish on team news. Do you want to give the the, the latest? Yeah. So Aldeclu's out again, as we knew already. Um, I think he's the only sort of long term absentee. There's a hope that he's going to be back in training and could be available after the international break. Um, George Byers is back off after missing uh, the Charlton game. That's. Um, a big plus that was nothing too serious Steve Cooper said they just didn't want to rush him for that game and they didn't need to obviously with having Dan in that 10 role uh, the other one was Christopher Nordfeldt he wasn't on the bench at Charlton either and he's going to miss this game as well through through illness so yeah should be Freddie Woodman in goal again and uh, Erwin Mulder who we've, we've not seen yet he'll be on the bench again Any likelihood of Peterson perhaps being involved in the in the 18? Potentially um, it's it's not I think at the moment there's no need for him to be thrown in. Uh, the international break, obviously, he, he had a bit of a, an illness himself. Uh, I believe it was two weeks or ten days ago, so he's obviously tried to recover from that. So this could be a, a chance to leave him out, get him fully fit from the break and, and unleash him afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably unlikely that he'll start, possibly on the bench, but, yeah, I think if he was left out again, don't be too surprised and, and fingers crossed you might see him after the break. I mean, this this game is a great opportunity to sort of bookend the first start, the first portion of the season. Going into this international break, three points, top of the table. I mean, that's exactly what Steve Cooper would have wanted, and also the supporters. Hundred percent, yeah. They were top of the last break after winning at Leeds, but this is sort of effectively the quarter way point of the of the season. That once the game's over, was it eleven and forty six, so pretty much the quarter way stage. So to be top there. Would be phenomenal. Would it be twenty four points? Wouldn't it? So, regardless of what the others do, it's it's a phenomenal achievement. I mean, look at the teams that they've beaten. You know, we put the piece up this afternoon uh, about how they played more sort of teams that have gained more points than any other team. So it shows that they're beating the best in the yeah. business at the moment. So um, you'd like to think that that's encouraging that they've got in inverted commas easier games to come. Obviously, that's not the case. It is a cliche, but this is a hell of a tough division. You know, mm. there there isn't an easy game. That's not that's not a joke. So 
but no, it, it just shows that they've um, they've come against high caliber opposition and, and they've done the business. Fair play to them. Long may it, may it continue. Um, right, we'll finish it there. Just to let you know, you can get your Swansea City news uh, on Twitter and uh, and Facebook. Just search for Swansea City online, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. Cheers, all.